Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the How to Sleep podcast. In this episode, I'll discuss my view on how easy it can be to fix a sleep issue, even if you've had it for a long time. And if this is you, an action step you can take straight away. Welcome to the How to Sleep podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Blakeman, qualified adult sleep coach, a previous sufferer of insomnia and mum of three. I believe that sleep is fundamental to your enjoyment of the life you've worked so hard to create and I support adults like you who are struggling to sleep to get back to sleep and back to living your life in full colour and with maximum energy. This podcast is for you if you are taking ages to get to sleep or waking in the night and can't get back to sleep or both. Keep listening to find out how sleep works, the essential elements you need to get the sleep you deserve and actionable steps that you can take. I want to start by repeating the type of sleep issue I most commonly help people with. So where it takes you ages to get to sleep in the evening and or you wake up in the night and you can't get back to sleep and that one of your main issues is that your own thoughts are keeping you awake. I find that most people with this pattern of sleep issue get stuck in a loop which perpetuates the problem so that it goes on a long time. And then this leads in turn to the belief that there may never be a solution. So on today's episode, I want to explain this loop and why I think if this is you, you have a very good chance of finding a solution. It's quite common for people having the type of experience I've just described to be able to identify roughly when the problem started, even if this was a long time ago. So, for example, a stressful job, a relationship breakup, a bereavement, exam stress, like these type of things. And then... Often, though the issue itself has resolved, the sleep issue has not resolved and you're left stuck with that as a lingering issue. And, and perhaps you can relate to this. Whether or not you can remember specifically what triggered it, life has now moved on, but it's left you with this annoying habit of not sleeping properly. What often happens in this situation is that you had the disruption to your sleep initially, whatever that was, and then because no one taught you about sleep and how it works, it's really easy to inadvertently make the situation worse, either whilst doing stuff to try to fix it or by taking action to compensate for the fact that you're not getting enough sleep. Let me give you an analogy here. Did you did you ever try a crash diet to lose weight and it didn't help? And then you read that restricting your food intake in order to diet can actually cause your body to go into like panic mode and store even more fat. And so you're like, oh, I didn't realise. I thought thought this was a good solution. Um, And then I didn't realise it's actually causing the opposite effect. It's a bit like that with sleep. When we first experience sleep disruption, there are two common reactions. The first is to start changing our sleep schedule to compensate. So examples of this are lying in on the weekend to catch up on sleep and napping um, because we're tired in the day. And we're trying to do that without understanding that that can actually throw out our biological clock even more. And that makes it harder for our brain to produce the right hormones for sleep at the right time. Another example Um, is that we can start to worry about the fact that we're not sleeping. So this is the second common reaction. 
And that leads us to get sucked into this cycle of frustration. It's what I call it. When you can't sleep and you get so frustrated that these emotions of, of frustration can actually trigger our brain to start inhibiting sleep. So ironic. And then we can't sleep even more and then we get more frustrated and angry and so on. And then we go around that loop. But I want to repeat my belief that when we do these things, we do them inadvertently. We, we're obviously not trying to deliberately throw ourselves out more, but we don't know because no one taught us how sleep works. We don't learn it in school. We don't learn it from our parents because when we're younger, we're sleeping fine normally. So we never need to learn it. And so we don't know how our everyday actions, and when I say everyday actions, sometimes I'm literally talking about actions that we're taking throughout the day. We don't understand how they affect our sleep and so the very things that we end up doing to try and help fix our sleep or try and compensate for our sleep issue are actually making the situation worse. Okay so after that kind of common thing to start with fast forward now to the place where your sleep disruption has gone on for weeks or months and at this point you've probably branched out into even more activities to try and fix the issue. So products, reading a lot about sleep hygiene, trying to implement all that advice and maybe you've dabbled in melatonin products or you've moved on to sleeping pills and what I'm guessing is I know that all this takes such a lot of time, effort and expense and perhaps either none of it worked, it didn't work to the extent you hoped or it worked for a bit and then it stopped working. So now where you end up is that your feelings of frustration have turned to worry, to fear, fear that nothing will work and there'll be no end to the problem. Or that kind of niggle that you'll be stuck buying products or taking pills forever. Because on one level, you totally get that, you know, you realise that a lot of this stuff is tackling the symptoms, but it's not tackling the cause. And if you don't actually tackle the root cause, you'll be stuck continually fighting the symptoms. If we fast forward some more, then it's exactly easy to see how you can end up super despondent, doubtful that you'll ever find a solution. You're making an assumption that because you've tried all this stuff, if a solution was out there, you would have found it by now. And so this despondency leads to a feeling of there's there's not a solution at all. And that can actually trigger more sleep inhibiting chemicals, more frustration, more worry. That starts cycling around again. So unfortunately, even more stuck in this cycle. Now, I'm not spelling all this out for you to bring the tone of this podcast into a gloom. Please, no. I want to show you this because I want to talk through what I find is the typical path that people go down. In case you have gone down it too. You had a trigger for the problem. Then you developed a sleep problem. Then you inadvertently made it worse without realising it. It totally wasn't your fault. And now you're stuck predominantly trying to manage the symptoms and feeling like there's no solution. So now I want to give you an example of the type of change that can happen and the speed of which it can happen. Right, Even when you've been living with a sleep issue for a long time. So I'm going to give you a kind of like actual example. I worked with a lady once who had real trouble getting to sleep in the first place in the evening. That was the focus of her particular issue. And she'd suffered with this for a long time and it had got slowly worse. 
Now, she had remembered that the problem had developed originally as a result of a particularly stressful job, and she could remember that this was when it started, when her job had been so stressful that she was working late, or if she wasn't working late, she was worrying about work in the evenings, and so over time she found it harder and harder to go to sleep in the evening. Fast forward several years, and she was still struggling with getting to sleep in the evenings, even though she'd long since changed jobs. Now... What she'd then done to cope with this fact, she developed this mechanism. She didn't want to lie awake for ages each evening because that made her feel annoyed and frustrated. So the solution that she devised is that she would watch TV until extremely late, until she was basically so physically exhausted that she was falling asleep on the sofa. And then she would go to bed and more often than not that would work. But obviously this strategy had its downside. She was going to bed far later than she actually wanted to. And because she was still getting up early um, for work in the morning, over time uh, she was suffering extreme sleep deprivation because of that. Now again, to you know illustrate the point, she had already tried various things. So she tried lavender products to induce sleepiness in the evening. These hadn't worked. She'd read that watching TV wasn't good because of the blue light. So she had tried not watching TV in the evening. But then this had just left her with the annoying problem of going back to bed and lying awake for two hours trying to get to sleep. And she'd even tried taking synthetic melatonin, which, to be fair, she thought may have helped a bit, but not completely. And then she experienced some unwanted side effects. And also she just didn't want to be... um, reliant on having to take melatonin forever so of course she wanted another solution but by the time she'd sought help she'd actually tried a lot of things and was really in the belief that a solution was going to be hard to achieve if it could be achieved at all. So what we did was we went right back to basics. I explained to her this is the science of sleep, this is how it's meant to work, this is how it works throughout the 24-hour day you know, you have to give your brain the right triggers at the right time to make your own melatonin. I explain the context for it. I explain the reasons why the suggestions around lavender and reducing TV were not bad advice. I explained to her that they'd just not been applied in the context of the basic knowledge of how sleep works. Okay, once she did that, once she had all the pieces of the jigsaw, we sat down, we mapped out an evening routine. It maximised the chances that her natural melatonin was being produced. And then we wrapped around it a plan for the day and dealing with the night time. And of course, then the results came faster than she imagined was possible. In a few weeks, she'd seen a massive improvement compared with the whole of the previous three few years. So if this sounds too good to be true, I want to explain to you why she experienced results so quickly. And the answer is really simple. When we don't sleep, we throw our body clock out and then, as I've explained, we try to implement interventions without the context. So what happens is we inadvertently reinforce our sleep problem without even realising it. And it's not our fault. We were never taught. I was never taught. I look back and I realise all the small ways I contributed to perpetuating my own sleep issue for years because I just had no clue that's what I was doing. But luckily for us, underneath all of this... Our bodies are still programmed to sleep. Hundreds of thousands of years of being human beings, we are programmed to sleep. And when you give yourself the context, when you go back to basics, when you reset your body clock, when you give yourself the cues you need to trigger the natural hormones and learn to take back control of all the thoughts that are keeping you awake, your body yearns 
to revert to the sleep pattern that you had before you developed your sleep issue. And it does this because although it seems like your brain is constantly self-sabotaging you and keeping you awake, it is in fact desperate to reconnect with your natural sleep cycle. And so as soon as it starts to pick up on the new patterns and cues that you show it, it locks onto that and then it actually starts working with you instead of against you. And to go back to our original analogy of the crash diet, you know, once you stop crash dieting and just eat more healthily and eat in the context and act healthily, your body can respond and then it gives up the fat. It's the same with sleep. Your body responds quicker than you'd imagine and that's why the results come quicker than you think that they would to solve a sleep issue that you've had, even if you've had it for a long time. Okay, so your action step for this week. If you are worrying that you have forgotten how to sleep well and you're really worried that you'll never get it back, please stop. Please be assured that sleep is a default mechanism. You More than likely you still have that mechanism working in the background, just looking for you to give it the right cues and the right triggers. You were born with the innate ability to sleep at birth. Your body is looking for those triggers to get back into the sleep pattern it needs. And worrying that you'll never find a solution, unfortunately, only makes it worse. So the first step, the first action step to take is try and stop worrying and have faith in your body's ability to sleep. And practically how to do this, every time you think to yourself, this is going to be forever, there's no solution. Stop yourself mentally thinking that and say, no, it isn't. I just haven't got to it yet. I absolutely still believe in my body's ability to sleep. I believe in you. All right, have a great week and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. I hope you found some value in today's episode. If you did, and you know others who would benefit from hearing this information as well, then please share with them. And if you would be so kind as to leave a positive review of the podcast, this will support me in my mission to spread the message of sleep as wide as possible. Thank you so much. If you can't wait until the next episode and you want more guidance right now, then head on over to my website and get access to my free sleep resources. Link in the show notes. Or follow me on Instagram at Nikki.Blakeman. Wishing you a peaceful night's sleep.